Oakley program continues now, albeit without Vince. Recovering Congressman, High Point native, proud NC State grad, and former Channel 4 Greenville sports anchor, J.D. Hayworth, uh, in with you. Now, now a couple of notes on what we call our number two. That's for our convenience. I, I got to explain that our Carolina's combo cast will undergo a broadcast bifurcation at a quarter till. Yes, if you're listening on WBT Charlotte, well, uh, there at uh, 11.45, it'll be time for Bill O'Reilly. But if you're listening in the upstate of South Carolina on WORD, or oh, technically the call letters now are WYRD, but we call it Word, like back in the day, Word. If you're listening, the word is... Hang around for exclusive upstate content, and that will include, gee, this this sounds like the riff that uh, way back in the day guys would play on the Tiger Tailgate Show. <laughs> oh, what was the old boy's name? Jerry Clower, the Mississippi comedian who went to school at Mississippi State. He and his buddy Marcel Ledbetter and uh, Jerry had a whole routine that time we played Clemson. Well, I've got real stories from, uh, from Clemson NC State meetings in the past to set the stage for Saturday's get-together at Death Valley, and that will be part of our exclusive upstate content when we, of course, achieve broadcast bifurcation. Because if you're hanging around the upstate till the top of the hour, you, you need some specific programming for you. Now, look, it's not that we leave our friends out listening in my native state of North Carolina. In fact, toward the end of last hour, a gentleman called up from Lincolnton. And when I think of Lincolnton, I think of Bobby Lineberger, who played with us uh, on the uh, North Carolina Shrine Bowl team. Back in the mid-70s, okay. <laughs> Bobby was a great guy. We had a great week. We just, dang it, we lost to those, those sand lappers of South Carolina. I think that's what they were calling them back then. Anyway, uh, and he, he checked with the, the, the call screener and said, do you take opposing views? Of course we do. And... Uh, Always happy to hear from you. Toll free from any place. 1-800-928-1110. Now, what I was doing last hour was proffering uh, just clear-cut examples of news coverage that ain't really objective. Now, if you're a conservative, there, there's uh, <laughs> that, that's really nothing new. But it is always kind of interesting to see how... It inventively is put into the to the process. So you want to call that school if you like to listen. Happy to have you. I, I'm going to move now as a guy who, uh, when I when I was in politics, uh, when you serve in the House of Representatives, that means you run for office every two years. Part of the genius of our founders, if there is a change in the body politic, the office designed to be the small d democratic post, which under our constitution was the only federal office uh, 
directly elected by voters in the original inception of the Constitution, if there is a change, well, if, if there's a change in the collective way of thinking, boom, two years' time, a representative can go away. I was serving there for six consecutive two-year terms for a total of 12 years. It was a great honor, and when the midterms rolled along in 2006, and my district had been redrawn to give me Arizona State University, the other ASU for my friends up in Boone, and remember that for the school in Tempe, where it applies to that school, ASU is USA spelled backwards. Anyway, uh, that was when I when I when I finished second. <laughs> so anyway, it happens. But you know what's very interesting? Last hour. We, we listened to this almost reverent, we, we listened to CBS News chief correspondent on uh, 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley, almost in tears talking to Joe Biden. I mean, he's so behind Joe. Uh, you've been here 50 years, that's great, and politics didn't used to be the way it is now, why not, why can't you help this kind of stuff? Kind of reverential, worshipful, and uh, unabashedly leftist. And, and Pelly goes forward to tell us if there's less spring in the step, if the words don't come so quickly, maybe there's something to be said for know-how in the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, there ain't know-how. Joe Biden ain't going to fix this inflation or these other problems and doesn't want the border fix. Know-how, no way. I, I guess if you really hop on one foot and squint, you can kind of see where Pelly is coming from. But let me play something else. If Scott Pelly on CBS is one of Joe Biden's biggest cheerleaders. Somebody who is supposed to constitutionally work with old Joe, and I mean in terms of party affiliation, uh, <laughs> she was running away. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had an Aunt Clara moment when she met with the press late last week, and the question came up, hey, uh, sh should Joe Biden run again in 2024? I want you to listen to this answer. Cut seven. I'm, 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 president Biden is the president of the United States. He did a great service to our country. He defeated Donald Trump. Let's not forget that. Oh, okay. Did, did you hear the start of that thing? She was, she was like Aunt Clara. On Bewitched. And then, then she gets her stride. Uh, president Biden is president of the United States. He did us a great service. He defeated Donald Trump. Let's not forget that. Well, okay. But Nancy is worried. And you, you may have heard it in, in newscasts and in the analysis, despite the fact that, that some of the, well, all of the, the Washington press corps trying to, this thing's going to be close. It's going to be close. You hear people say, well, you know, maybe not, because Biden's numbers are, are uh, in the dumpster, and somebody's about to set that fire. And Nancy really knows it's going to be nasty. She was in New York City, New York City at what was it called? The Global Citizens Festival, like a music thing. And they bring Nancy out. And the, uh, the gal hosting it is trying to get people behind Nancy, but the crowd of, like, music lovers in, like, New York City, who do you expect to be leftist, they weren't having any of it. Take a listen to Cut 8. Come on, guys. With urgent action, we can actually turn the ship around and defend our planet. Let's listen to some 
Did you hear that? Mercy. Now, there, there's Nancy in her ice cream suit. Maybe they were mad with her fashion choice. I mean, she was wearing cream, wearing white after Labor Day. Nah, nah. They, they mad at Nancy. They mad at Biden. They may be young folks in New York City, but they said, uh-uh, none of that. Now, when we come back, we'll hear from another Nancy servant in the house kind of doing the female John McCain, Lindsey Graham thing. She's from the low country, and that's coming up. Plus your calls, 1-800-928-1110. It's J.D. for Vince. Don't you dare go away. Call toll-free from any place, 1-800-928-1110. Recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Vince Coakley on the eponymously named Vince Coakley program. And as we continue, I can tell you that before you and I part company, we will talk about both Southern cuisine and American food that has gained popularity in the Southwest, that's uh, heading back to the Southeast, specifically the Carolinas. And no, it's not one of those delicacies from south of the border. It has to do with all American chow. I'll tell you about that in a bit. As I promised before the break, we heard from Nancy Pelosi doing her Aunt Clara thing, trying to run away from a possible Joe Biden candidacy in 2024, and you could just tell that Nancy knows this thing is going to be bad. Now, we're hearing all the brave talk from the uh, the partisans on the left trying to tell you, man, this thing is close. This thing is so close. This, this thing is incredibly close. Well, I, I never really understand the methodology. If it's If it's, I guess it's to try and psych up Democrats to turn out in midterms, um, usually the party not in the White House turns out in the midterms. And sure enough, the 45th president just sent me an email and uh, about a jillion other people. In case you missed it, Republican turnout will exceed even what we predict. Robert Cahaley, that's an article that uh, Donald Trump has linked on his Save America website, and I just saw that. And, and the fact is that Donald Trump, despite all the talk, and <laughs> I don't know if you saw Liz Cheney down in Texas at the leftist-run Texas Tribune workshop, bad-mouthing bad Donald Trump, why, if he's the nominee, I'm not going to be a Republican anymore. Oh. Don't let the screen door hit you where the good Lord splits you, Liz. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm about to do a Bidenism. Come on, man. At any rate, yes, uh, Nancy Pelosi is the speaker. Nancy Mace from the low country of South Carolina 
is a Republican who attracts attention because, well, she's kind of unconventional, kind of does the uh, Lindsey Graham, John McCain thing with the press and uh, with Trump on occasions. That's why Trump got behind Katie Arrington in the primary, but Nancy Mace survived that. And so when Meet the Depressed, when Chuckles Todd, former Democrat activist, wants to have a Republican he's comfortable with, uh, Nancy Mace is at the top of the list. And so they're asking uh, Nancy Mace about the upcoming midterms. And then the talk starts about 2024. This is cut nine. Come on, guys, with urgent action. No, 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 that, that's, the, uh, that's cut eight. See if we can find cut nine. Here's Nancy Mace on Meet the Press. We have to be substantive. We have to be solution-driven, uh, regardless of who the nominee is for 24 for Republicans. I hope that it's a wide field. I hope that we see a woman on the ticket. Yeah, sounds, I'm very excited it, about the process. It sounds like you're not a never. Out of the woodworks. At the end of the day, it sounds like you're not a you're not a never Trumper. That if he's the nominee, you're going to support him. I'm going to support whomever Republicans nominate in 24. Okay. Oh, Chuck Todd, he was so hoping that he'd get Nancy Mace to pull a Liz Cheney. Hey, Chuckles, Liz already lost her seat in a primary. Nancy Mace can act all brave about it, but she had a near political death experience. <laughs> I'm going to support whoever the Republicans nominate. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, that means Trump. Okay, got to find a new plan to find a new favorite Republican to come on Meet the Depressed. One of my all-time favorite Republicans... Uh, because he helped me get elected, and we in turn elected him speaker, was one Newton Leroy Gingrich. Newt Gingrich on Fox the other night saying, hang on a second. All this polling that has the generic ballot uh, within a whisker, hang on. That just seems more than a little passing strange. Here is Newt Gingrich. This is cut 10. It's from the Fox News Channel the other day. Truth is, and you know this, the two of you, when you go to the grocery store, you know it ain't working because it's too expensive. I paid $5.05 a gallon for gasoline last Saturday. It ain't working. It's too expensive. You watch the evening news and see the local murder rate. You know it's not working. That's why I think this will be a much bigger Republican tsunami than people currently expect. Yeah, and he was saying, you two know this, and uh, it was interesting because that was on the the morning newscast featuring my old intern in the sports department at Channel 5 in Cincinnati, Bill Hemmer, and the young lady from Wyoming who used to be the press secretary for George W. Bush, trying to explain to all of us comprehensive immigration reform and why it wasn't amnesty. Yeah, right. And what Newt is pointing out is nothing new. People vote with their pocketbooks. You can go back to that old raging case, that old, that old James Carville running that Clinton campaign in 92. It's, uh, uh, it's economy, stupid. Uh, Y'all ain't stupid, are you? It's economy. And uh, Richard Newstadt in his highbrow academic work, presidential power pointed this out 
And, and believe me, Richard Neustadt ain't no rock rib conservative Republican teaching at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. And this text, this was part of my political science senior seminar on the presidency. The late great Abe Holtzman, diehard Democrat, caught the course, but uh, taught the course, but he didn't get caught up in ideology and he actually enjoyed other people's points of view. He was a true educator rather than an indoctrinator. And what did presidential power point out? The book pointed out there are two motivations for the American voter. One is if any member of their immediate family or themselves are in immediate mortal danger. In other words, back when there was a draft and guys were getting sent to Vietnam and uh, LBJ was micromanaging the bombing targets, people were saying, look, I don't think... This is such a good thing because my kid might die. But closely aligned with that are pocketbook issues. And the elites at the Alphabet Networks and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Charlotte Disturber, to bring it closer to home, they may not have a big thing about it. But everyday Americans, every visit you make to the grocery store, you're going, there's got to be a better way than this. Shifting our focus away from the grocery store to restaurants. We're going to talk Southern cuisine and Southwestern cuisine when we come back. It's JD for Vince. Please stay tuned. The Vince, po- <laughs> Vince Coakley program continues, but without Vince, with a guy transposing letters, it is not uh, nice to refer to my old pal in absentia today as Vince Pokley or this as a crogram, but that's what I almost did. The, <laughs> the Vince Pokley crogram. Mercy. The Vince Coakley program continues. Uh, recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth behind the mic. And now we get to talk about one of my favorite subjects. J.D. in my name does not stand for Juris Doctor. I'm not a lawyer. Never played one on television. Yeah, I did take the law school, the LSAT. But anyway, as the attorneys would say, there is a preponderance of physical evidence to show that I take this next subject to heart or to stomach. So I'm perusing the news and uh, I check out our buddies um, uh, over at the Fox affiliate in Charlotte now rebranding their newscast as Queen City News. And at the very top last night at 11 o'clock Eastern, I'm seeing this story about Whataburger uh, coming to Charlotte. And then I do a little more investigating. One of my, this is, I'll, I'll call the newspaper by its real name because I'm not holding it in disdain. Uh, sure enough, the Charlotte Observer, I guess it was Friday, is a Whataburger opening in Charlotte. Here's what we know, and here's the bottom line. Looks like that, uh, yeah, 
there has been a permit in the city of Charlotte, all set up, the site at 5301 South Boulevard, and it's going to have your standard drive-through and everything the Whataburger has. Now, let me just tell you, uh, and the good news for you, in the upstate, y'all, turns out that uh, one of the commercial real estate firms in Greenville is searching for a location in the upstate. Access at least two points of ingress and egress preference is to purchase. Now, we should point out this should not be confused with the what hyphen a hyphen burger that, man, they seem like there are all sorts of these restaurants uh, in Cabarrus County and then on over toward Mooresville, and those are still in business. Founded back in 1956 by Eb Bost, that what hyphen a hyphen burger number one is over in Kannapolis, and they got stores uh, two, and then it jumps up to 10 and 11 and 15. Okay, but anyway, they're still in business. I can't believe when I come back and go see my people over in Cabarrus County, my little sister and my nieces and nephews and my brother-in-law, I'm going to say we got to go to Whataburger number one, the original Carolina's Whataburger. But this other place is the, it's most often associated with Texas, even though it was founded in Florida and there are a whole mess of them out in Arizona where I live. And let me tell you, I know there's a lot of talk about In-N-Out burgers from Southern California. Now they're over here in Arizona, too. But uh, as I broadcast to you there in the Carolinas, I just got to tell you, the Whataburger with the onions and the, and the mustard, well, back when I was much bigger than I am now, I'd fly back to Phoenix and one of my staffers would come fetch me to take me home to the Hacienda to Miss Mary. And I just stayed hungry back then. That was before I got fixed. And <laughs> I'd come in the house. I'd make a go through the Whataburger drive through in Scottsdale. And Miss Mary would say, honey, you got Whataburger on your breath. I'd say, yes, ma'am, I cannot tell a lie. I got it in my belly, too, and it's tasty. So the the... The place that is huge out west is coming back east, coming to Metrolina and the upstate, apparently. And I hope they don't try to take the what hyphen a hyphen burger name away from our friends over in uh, Kannapolis and Mooresville and Concord, because it's a part of my culture and heritage growing up when my daddy would do sales calls. And I was a younger guy. I never was little. I'd go along with him, and man, that that Whataburger, I got to get to the original North Carolina version founded by Eb Bost. But the other Whataburger that I don't want to say it's lost its virtue. The chow's pretty good, but it lost its <clears throat> hyphens. <laughs> that, uh, that Whataburger, it looks like it's headed to Charlotte and the upstate. Now, just one other culinary note fast well, fast food financing in charlotte if you lived in charlotte for any period of time you knew about prices chicken coop and the prices done flew the coop they closed down last year but where that land is at 1600 camden road that that site sold for almost four million dollars some folks in florida coming to uh 
Charlotte. They're going to build these hip residential spots. I guess it's retail, restaurant, and residential, 315 apartments. So what can we say? What have we learned from this? Well, Price's Chicken Coop did not go for chicken feed. So I guess the Price family's feeling pretty good about this, and man, it just becomes part of that building boom uh, there in South Charlotte. And close by, reasonably close by, will be a Whataburger sometime soon. But again, continue to patronize the original uh, Carolina's Whataburger in Cabarrus County. I better be careful because I don't want this to turn into a commercial because I can get in trouble and I might not be invited back. But I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing out culture and heritage and places coming to town. I mean, when we talk about big employers coming to town, shouldn't we talk about places where employees and other folks can eat? It's JD for Vince. Don't you dare go away. Well, now, it's just you and me. Exclusive upstate content as we close out the Vince Coakley radio program with special guest host, legend in his own mind, former Channel 10 sports, pardon me, former, I was a Channel 10 Phoenix sports anchor, but for five years, I was a sports anchor at Channel 4 Greenville. And only in America could a guy like me get elected to Congress. But it's true, strange but true. And uh, I am so honored to be here with you. And as I promised earlier during the Carolinas combo cast, but now that it's just you and me in the upstate, I can talk about uh, the big game coming up Saturday evening, 730 Clemson Memorial Stadium, Frank Howard Field. Mm. Those number five Clemson Tigers host my number 10 NC State Wolfpack. Now, I got to tell you that, well, obviously, I bleed that red for my Wolfpack, but I'm not totally foreign to the culture of Clemson University. In fact, a cautionary note came during my educational years at NC State. As you may be aware, I was one of the biggest washouts in Wolfpack history. Recruited as right tackle, ending up left out. Actually, what happened is I, I went in for my physical prior to our sophomore year and I'd turn as red as the helmets we used to wear back in the day, and they took my blood pressure, and it was one month after my 19th birthday. And my blood pressure was 190 over 110, and they're going, come over here and sit down. <laughs> and you can't lift another weight. See, it was kind of crazy because I was, you know, one of those offensive tackle shot putter types. And so you're supposed to lift all those heavy weights. And the thinking was then, don't touch another weight. You can run long distances. So I was the world's most un a shot putter turned a cross-country enthusiast, not in competition. But I'd be out running those, those uh, 
those research farms up in West Raleigh. And here would come a trio of ladies. Uh, Joan Benoit, who was at NC State, went on to transfer back to Bowdoin College in her native Maine and in 1984 won the, uh, the gold medal in the women's marathon at the Los Angeles Olympics. And alongside were uh, Julie and Mary Shea, the running Shea sisters, who were outstanding long-distance runners. And they would come by and say, hey, J.D., and then they'd take off kind of like those uh, Roadrunner cartoons. So further out from those research farms over by the state fairgrounds sits Carter Finley Stadium. And this was brought home to me with crystal clarity. Because when I couldn't play anymore, the late Bo Ryan invited me to join the staff as kind of like a, a, an undergraduate assistant. But I said, hey, coach, you know, I'm a broadcaster. Why don't I go to work in sports information? So I did. And this is my junior year, 1978. The week before, we had gone over to Chapel Hill and the Wolfpack administered a whooping to the Tar Heels. So the next weekend, Clemson is coming to town. And boy, Clemson was not the same team they were the year before. I will never forget Steve Fuller at quarterback, Bubba Brown leading the linebacking core, and they wore out my Wolfpack. It was so bad that uh, Bruce Phillips over at the at the afternoon paper in Raleigh, I, I don't know if they closed a lot. Nobody wanted to talk. So they came to me for post-game quotes up in the press box. I mean, they put it on us that day, but we had a foreshadowing. And it was this. On that, it was a rainy day in Raleigh. And driving up, to our own house, driving up to Carter Finley Stadium. Some of those Tigers had come out in the dead of night and they had painted that ubiquitous tiger paw on the roads leading up to the home of the Wolfpack, Carter Finley Stadium in Raleigh. In the literary world, that's called foreshadowing. And man, that, uh, that taught me a lesson. Now, fast forward to the next year, and uh, it, it was something. And I'm, I'm sitting here doing the math because, you know, I am uh, mathematically challenged. But technically, for the class of 1980, that was the 1979 football season. Man, that's 43 years ago. The Wolfpack with an incredible goal line stand at Death Valley, and then an interception by the late great Mike Knoll uh, held off the Tigers, and in so doing, NC State won the ACC, even though we had lost to Carolina, and we ended up losing our final home game as seniors to Penn State when Herb Menhart kicked a 54-yard field goal with no time left. So the Wolfpack won the ACC in 1979, my senior year. That's been the last time. So you see what's riding on this game. Now, when I moved to Greenville and people are asking me, I know what side my bread is buttered on now. This is 1981 when I come down as a sports anchor. And people ask, what do you think about those Tigers? I said they had a tough 
1980 year, but 1981, look for Clemson to win the ACC. Heck, the Tigers might win the national championship. Now, I just got to confess to you, that was less pigskin prognostication than it was understanding the viewing audience in Greenville, Spartanburg. I know they're South Carolina, I know they're Georgia fans, but listen, mercy, that place is Tiger territory. Am I going to venture a prediction for this coming Saturday? No, other than to say, I sure hope my wolf pack can make it two in a row, and you don't blame me, do you? <laughs> for Vince Coakley, J.D. Hayworth, stay brave, stay free, stay tuned, and thanks for listening.